Have you ever had a little performance anxiety or been stressed out right before a listing presentation, maybe before a set of open houses for the weekend, or as you show up to show a property to clients? If so, then this episode is for you. Today, I sit down with Chad Jeffers, who is absolutely no stranger to this level of stress. He has been on stage with Carrie Underwood playing his guitar to 15,000 fans. Today, on this episode, we chat about his proven strategy to help reduce anxiety to deliver and serve at the highest level for clients. Stay tuned. And as always, I'm your San Francisco referral partner, Sean Kunkler. Chad, thanks for joining me today, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. I appreciate it. It's funny. I talk to a lot of people and uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm too busy. And then I actually come across people who are actually busy and they, the other people don't own a candle to them. And you're one of those people. I, I know we've actually, we've been going back and forth. I want to say for six, seven months to try to get you on the show, but with your schedule and your touring, which we'll talk about juggling being a dad and a husband and an entrepreneur and a real estate agent and Amazingly enough, the guitarist for Carrie Underwood, do you still have the time to meet and talk to our audience today? And so I genuinely appreciate you and your time because I know it is incredibly valuable. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, there's so much I want to unpack because you are a real estate agent, which that's the, the crux of this show, but you also have literally two other businesses that you're you're juggling all simultaneously in addition to your family. So I just, I really want to kind of pop the hood and figure out how you are pulling all of this off on this crazy high level that you're playing at, which is incredibly cool. So let's, let's actually talk about your tour schedule. Cause I know that's going to be a huge curiosity for people. Um, are you currently on tour with Carrie? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, right now, um, we're in Las Vegas and we're in week three of uh, three weeks of a residency out here in Vegas. And so uh, we actually just marked the two year mark of, of doing this. So um, what that means is basically we come out about two weeks at a time and we're in the same theater here in Resorts World, beautiful luxury real estate or a, a luxury uh, hotel. It's uh, brand new. And uh, so, yeah, we come out two weeks at a time. Uh, we play three times a week, uh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And um, it's great because uh, we don't have to travel <laughs> like uh, on a daily basis as we do with a road show where every day it's a different city, different hotel, different venue. Um, you know, unpack, pack, unpack, pack. You know, it's, it's one of those. Uh, it, it's tough on the body. So being out here, it's great because. You can go do sound check, then you go to the pool, hang out, get some sun, then go and get ready for a show and uh, sleep in the same bed every night. So it's pretty nice. That actually must give you some consistency then to work on all these other projects rather than hanging out in airports and on buses and just being in in transit, if you will, that whole time. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I basically... As soon as I get to my room, when we first get here to Vegas, I set up shop. And so I've got, you know, my laptop, I've got, you know, usually 
um, my guitar and, and other things that where I can actually do some work, whether it's songwriting or um, writing for my online course, which I know we'll talk about, um, or doing real estate deals. Uh, this is a, um, I just wrote an offer two days ago and uh, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's rocking out here. So it's great because uh, it's, once I get to my room, it's, there's no interruptions and very few distractions. My stepson, Grayson, is going to be incredibly stoked that I'm talking to you today. He's been playing guitar for a couple of years and uh, recently got a Telecaster. So he's like going to be like floored that you and I are chatting. <laughs> nice. So let's actually talk about the whole on stage because, I mean, we all know that everybody hears of, of you know, performance anxiety and stage fright and, and all of that. And, you know, and it's not, it's not actually dissimilar from sitting in a listing presentation and going down that road because you do have to, on a level you're, you're performing and it definitely is anxiety producing, especially if it's for a property or something that's way out of your comfort zone. So in having been a performer for many years and obviously doing huge, huge shows and huge venues, do you have like, what is your, do you have a ritual or do you have a process? Like, what is, what does that kind of look like? I do. And what's funny about this, Sean, is that I didn't even realize I had a process really until I got into real estate. And it's, it's so weird because you would think that, that I would have like really thought this out, but I, I really didn't until I started meeting in front of clients and, and doing presentations and, and e even just showing houses in general. Um, you know, when I pull up to the house that I'm, or the property I'm about to show, you know, you kind of get that, the butterflies in the stomach and, and you, the cold hands and, but you're kind of hot. And so you're like, what's going on? And so that's when I started dissecting what I do to be performance ready, basically to go on stage. Um, and why, how, why is it I can walk on stage in front of 15,000 people completely just no sweaty hands, no nothing. And just like, all right, Hey, it's time to go to work. And then, but I'm meeting two clients and, and like, I'm, I'm kind of just like wigging out. I'm like, that, this doesn't make sense. So I started dissecting what I do in front of 15,000 people uh, before I do a performance. And I started applying that to real estate and. It's amazing. It, it, now I can meet in front of clients completely the best version of myself because I'm in, I'm present in the moment and, um, and I'm well prepared, much like what we are before we go on stage. You know, we, we know the show frontwards and backwards by the time we're, we're playing it in front of an audience. And so I use those same principles, uh, for my real estate for showing property. And, and for that matter, anytime I give, talks or lectures or different things like that. Um, I, I use, it's the same approach. Obviously you've been playing guitar for a ton of years and you've started at probably playing in front of your parents and family and then, you know, progressing up. Did you always have a more natural comfort in front of people playing guitar or did you find that you hit, hit like a point where it became stressful and you had to figure out how to mitigate it? Guitar has always been my security blanket um, whenever I'm in, in front of people. And so, you know, a little bit about my, my story is um, my, my, my 
late father, uh, he was actually a singer songwriter that he was a chemical engineer. He was also, he had a, a flight school that he owned. Uh, he was a, a pilot or instructor, but his real passion was music. He was a singer songwriter. He taught, um, me and, and my brother, who's also a professional musician, so much about music. And so anyway, so I had the music element from him. My mom was a successful real estate agent. So music and real estate has always been in my blood, in my system. And it, it's all I've ever really known to the fact that my dad actually told my brother and me. And then we actually we formed a little family band. So we had a, a neighborhood kid that joined in with us who also is a professional musician. Um, he's gone on to do incredible things, touring with Beck, with Pink. Um, he actually did all the music for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, here recently on the Nickelodeon channel. He's, he's just uber successful. But my dad told the three of us, he said, listen, if you want to do music or any kind of creative field, don't ever get a job with benefits. Because once you get a job with benefits, you're going to get too comfortable and you're not going to pursue anything, uh, any other ventures, uh, which to me, I even feel like real estate's much like that as well. You know, because we, we don't have benefits and you've got to go out and really, um, you know, earn your money and, and really work hard at it. And so to me, that's, that's always been a driving force for me is, you know, <laughs> I can always hear my dad in the back of my head, don't get a job with benefits because you're going to get too comfortable. So yeah. It's funny. I have that same recording playing in the back of my head is like, don't get comfortable, like keep. I'm so unemployable at this point that I have to keep <laughs> creating my own, my own work and my right. own businesses. And so I can't, I like, there is a weird, and I don't know, it sounds like you probably have this. I always have just like a, a an uneasiness that is pushing me forward. Something is always like nipping at my heels subconsciously. And I'm always just like, what's next? What's the next project? What's the next, like, how do I keep going for it? I think for me deep down is, you know, I, I always have this fear, you know, there, there's always a little bit of fear and I use that to my advantage. I use that to, to push me forward. It's like my mom always said, you know, Hey, when you're not practicing guitar, someone else is, and they're getting better than you. So I always had that, you know, like I got to And it's the same thing with real estate. If you don't stay on your game with what's going on in the, in the market and trends and, and all of that, well, someone else is learning about that. So I've got to stay ahead of that. So I have that little bit of fear, but I use that as a motivation to, to keep pushing forward, especially on those days where you're like, Oh, I don't want to do this. You know, there, there's days where I'm like, I don't want to play guitar today, but I, I need to. And, you know, I push myself to, to at least get something going on that. That's the difference between discipline and motivation is. Like having those days where you're just, the feeling's not there. You just don't feel like it, but you have enough discipline to know that do it, show up, still push yourself to give a hundred percent. And those are usually like the end of those workouts, the end of those sessions, whatever it is, usually you feel the most rewarded for it because you, you, you pushed yourself. It's like winning something that you, the cards were stacked against you, the score was all tied up and you pushed through and you kind of like achieved this, achieved it. Yeah. And I, I think part of that is, is just my upbringing is that 
you know, my parents really instilled in, in me to, to give it a hundred percent. If you're going to do something, might as well do a hundred percent. You're already there. So why not just put all, all the effort in, you know, and, and there's even times whenever before a, a concert when, I mean, here we're human. So, I mean, you know, if it's jet lag, if it's, you know, just, you didn't sleep well that night and before the show, you're just thinking, Oh my gosh. Okay. I've the next 90 minutes or the next two hours. Um, I'm going to be in front of people and people that paid hard earned money to come see us perform. And so I owe it to them to give it my all. And so it's so funny because uh, we're, we're actually just talking about this. Some of my bandmates the other day, it's like sometimes those days when you're, you're just feeling a little drained, but you hit the stage, the adrenaline kicks in. Sometimes those are the best shows because you are there to deliver. And that's what we are getting paid to do is to deliver and to be our best, be our best versions of ourselves, And so to me, that's, to me, that is the, the, the difference a lot of times between a professional and an amateur is that you're still showing up, giving it a hundred percent. A hundred percent not dissimilar from real estate is we're dealing with most of the time, somebody's largest asset and they don't care. Genuinely, if you've had a bad day, and you don't feel like showing up to to show the property to a potential buyer that day. They don't care. They want you to give a hundred percent. And so we, you have to dig deep some days and just turn it on and and show up and deliver. And so I I can definitely see with the your performing side of the world and real estate a hundred percent. They the discipline translates. So. To go back to guitaring, and it sounds like you've just had a natural security with being in front of people and playing. Is there, how did you start to deduce that you have a system? Because it sounds like it was like a, a, a natural, almost like a natural ability that just came to be. How did you, or when did you step back and reflect like, oh, I actually am doing a system here to get myself to this point. Well, I was talking with a good friend of mine and, and we were talking about this and, and she asked me, she said, well, what do you do before a show? And I said, I don't know. I mean, we get ready and then we just go. She goes, Oh, okay. So you get ready. What, what does that mean? I'm like, well, we, we put on our show clothes. She goes, wait a second. You have different clothes, like street clothes. And then you have show clothes. I'm like, yeah. Well, everybody knows that. She goes, no, everybody doesn't know that. Why do you have show clothes? And I said, well, these clothes are more flashy. They're more tailored. You know, they, they fit pretty snug. Sometimes at the end of the tour, too snug because we have really good caters, <laughs> but they, they fit <laughs> snug and they, they look better like on stage. I mean, they're, they're stage clothes. And she said, well, how do you feel when you put these clothes on? I'm like, it's amazing. It's like, when I put these clothes on it, it, there's something that happens. It's like, it's time to go to work. We're about to go. We're about to go deliver in front of, you know, 15,000 people. And, and there's just something different. And so there is, there, there's actually science behind a lot of this stuff that where, when you have, sh- uh, you know, clothes that are just specific for shows, uh, that it, there actually, there's a, a mind thing that happens. And so, I developed that with my, I, I transferred that with my real estate. So whenever I have a really important showing, I have a certain suit that I wear. This is a tailored suit. 
I know that I look good in it. I feel comfortable. But when I put it on, it's like putting on like a, like a armor, you know, you're, you're like getting ready to go into battle. And so for me, you know, that is part of uh, being performance ready is, and that helps build the confidence. Uh, sometimes when you don't necessarily have the confidence deep down inside, you're doing it externally with the, the clothes that you're actually putting on to uh, get yourself mentally prepared. It's fascinating that you bring it up and it, it, there is a neurological anchor to to rituals in clothing and like i studied martial arts and i practiced for for decades and martial arts were known for having a uniform and you walk in with street clothes you put on this uniform and it's it's go time and it's like i'm here to show up and practice and even before that and i didn't realize that i did that until you just brought it up I was in my twenties and I had a home gym and then I decided to have a pair of sneakers that were only to be worn in that gym. And it was like my way of putting myself in that place to know that I'm doing hard work in that room. And I, I got so religious about it that I wouldn't even wear them. Like if I needed to get a glass of water, I would take them off, get a glass of water and go back because I wanted to keep it like, this is my space to show up and do this hard work. Um, so I really like, I love that you have a suit for this, this, it's a, it's a protected suit for this armor for this one, this one piece of activity. Right. So you actually, it sounds like sat with somebody and kind of broke down your whole, this whole process, if you will. I've been doing music my whole life. I've been doing it, uh, professionally for 25 years. And so, uh, you know, being on the road, playing with other artists and having my own band signed to RCA and all that, all the, the, that kind of stuff, you know? And so, um, when you do it so long, when you do it for that length of time, it does just become a natural instinct to you. And so that is why I developed the course, uh, be performance ready. And so when someone goes through the course, it will be a little clunky at first because you're not used to it, or you may not have that suit or that outfit or the, the dress. I mean, what, what, you know, whatever you've got for uh, show clothes or showing clothes in this situation. Um, so, you know, it, it's a little clunky, but as you, as it becomes more just part of you, it's amazing that the transformation that can happen where you start doing all of this without even realizing you're doing it, but you're seeing the results of it. That's so interesting. And, and I mean, not for nothing too, most of the time we're as, as agents going to a listing, you're driving there. So you have an opportunity to, to listen to something motivational or inspiring and all of these things you can absolutely use to your benefit. So, so when you show up, you don't have to warm up in front of the client. You're already warmed up. Absolutely. And that's actually funny. You mentioned that that's one of the other, the part of the be performance ready is have your own playlist. So anytime I give talks or, or speeches in, in front of different people, I have a certain playlist that I have these songs. Um, if someone would listen to it, they'd be like, this is like all over the board because some of it is very ambient kind of chill. And then some of it is very, you know, upbeat and, and just, you know, gets the blood flowing. But so with your playlist, you want to have something that means something to you. Maybe it brings back a great memory of, of something in the past. Um, you know, maybe if, if it's a, 
you know, a classic where, you know, you're, you're driving down the road in a convertible and you're just listening to this music and it was a great moment. And that song mean, when you hear that song, that's where you go. And so a lot of times if you have a playlist of songs like that, or if you're more of a meditative person, uh, which I am before I go on stage, I like to, you know, be just some real chill music. And for me just to get my thoughts together and, and get in that mindset of hitting the stage. But then at the very end, I've got something that's really upbeat where I'm like, all right, let's do this. You know, let's go. And so that's actually another thing that you can use as an agent. Um, you know, if, if you're, you know, if it's a high pressure client that you're meeting or something, if you have that playlist, which is easy to do, just go on Apple music or Spotify, put together a playlist and you'll always have it. And so, as you said, when you get to that client, you're, you're already primed and you're already in the mindset. So, you're not getting out of the car, you know, disheveled thinking, okay, okay, how are you guys do? You know, it's like you're already in the game by the time you show up and you're, you're showing up in your, the best version of yourself. And that's what matters. It's cool. I definitely see like with a listening presentation, you have, you have a whole presentation. Well, the high performers, I should say, have, have a really well put together presentation that they practiced to nauseum they can say it front to back in their sleep and i'm sure it's exactly the same with music is you know the songs you know obviously those songs front to back and you there's no surprises in that category and so with the listing it's not like you're you're just like shooting from the hip it's you're you already have built this level of confidence so that's fascinating i can totally see it like you physically are showing up you have the suit or the outfit or whatever that thing may be and then you have the internal your song and then you have this 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 routine so you have a ritual prior to for us getting ready for a show we rehearse so much that we cannot wait until there's a crowd <laughs> because we uh i mean when we're rehearsing i mean sometimes we'll run the full show a couple of times in a day and so you know especially um, you know, the road show that we do where, where we travel from city to city, I mean, that show was right at two hours. And so that's four hours of playing, you know, in a day, which is a lot. So we're excited for when we actually take it to the people and we can have that. But as you're saying, we know the show so well. Um, and typically we, we play, um, like our, 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 the music that we play, it's the same. To the fact where when someone kind of changes up a little something, something, we all know it. We all look like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Of course, you know, Betty in row three, she has no idea about this new lick, but we all know it because we know the music so well. But where this is really important and this is so important is that when something goes wrong on stage, look, I'm an optimist, but when something goes wrong and there's always something that's going to go wrong, I don't care if you're a singer songwriter playing or, or just playing in a small club and you just have a simple sound system. There's always a bad mic cable, a mic or something goes wrong. Or if you're at our level, you know, with, you know, lasers and pyro and staging and audio and video and everything like that, there's always something that's going to go wrong. So knowing your music, knowing your position, knowing stage blocking. So knowing where you need to be on stage at any given moment, um, and knowing that like literally in your sleep, that is so crucial for when something goes wrong, because all of a sudden you're not thrown off course with 
your what you know. You're just dealing with what's going on. And as, as a lot of people say, it's not what happens, it's how you deal with it is how people see it. Um, there are so many times that when something goes wrong for us and we're thinking, oh my gosh, this is awful. Betty in row three, she doesn't even know something's going on. So if you're making a big deal out of it, well, then she's going to think, oh, there's something big going on. Um, you know, that's a, that's a problem. So for us, knowing the music, something goes wrong, you're like, okay, it's almost like when you meditate and all these crazy thoughts are coming in, you know, you learn in meditation not to try to shut the, the thing down, but it's just to recognize it. You're like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, I need to go to Target today. Okay, I see you over there. And then you keep going. Much, it's very similar with something that's a problem on stage. You're like, oh, okay, well, I can help with that or I cannot help with that. And if I can't help with it, I just keep on with doing what I'm doing. But I'm not frazzled. You know, it's not something that's rattling me where I'm messing up, uh, you know, with music or, or with the performance. And so much like a sales presentation, we all know that there's sometimes small kids. I've got two. I got a two year old and a one year old. I love them to death, but sometimes they love to interrupt. And so as when you're given a sales presentation, sometimes maybe, you know, your, your potential clients, kids are coming out. But as long as you know your, your uh, content so well where you can roll with it and then you can pick it right back up. So you're not frazzled saying, Oh my gosh, where were we flipping through pages or whatever it may be? You can pick up right where you left off and keep going. And, and here's the other thing is as a performer, um, when you're frazzled, the audience is frazzled. When you've, when you look worried, they're worried. Same thing as an agent. When you're worried, well, then the client, even if they don't know, they're like, oh, my gosh, he's he's worried. I guess I need to get worried. And so for me, it's it's about staying cool, calm, collective and, and you know, finding the solution at the time. I'm blown away, for starters, of the, the parallels between the two industries. And you're you make so many great points. Like I, I've never had two presentations the same because you're never sitting across from the identical person or it's this identical house or any of that. But the, the constant is my practice with the presentation and being able to ad lib and then get back. Right. Keep them from knowing that that was a hiccup, that was a mistake, or this is a challenge that we're overcoming. And I 100% agree with you as well is whatever you're projecting, they're feeling. And so if you have this look of panic and anxiety, the whole thing is going to go it's going to derail incredibly fast, but if you're a professional, an experienced professional, and you roll with it, they roll with it, and so that is such a such a phenomenal point. And it really, for again, with both sides, it just sounds like practice. We had a saying in in kung fu was practice makes permanent. <laughs> you have to practice it exactly the way you want to perform it until it's it's just part of your dna and then it's it's just that it is it it is it becomes you and it's the same with scripts i'm sure you know the first time you are learning a song or putting it together there's a foreign component to it and then eventually it just becomes intuitively you you flow through it and so same with scripts. It's like the first time you read them, you're like, oh, this doesn't sound like me. I wouldn't say it exactly like this. But if you do it enough and enough and enough, 
it becomes you. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100% with that. Such great tips. I love the, you know, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm fascinated and I'm floored by the parallels. And there is, there has been a ton of study on this and our neurology. And there's, there's, you know, even those, the anchors of having the music, hear the music, have the feeling, regardless of if you wanted to have that feeling, it, it pulls you into this new state, this state of mind, and it moves you forward. It's so good. It's, it's so good. And so when you said, you mentioned earlier, having some of the, that performance anxiety in front of <laughs> no anxiety in front of 15,000 people, anxiety in front of two people, is that when you started to kind of piece this together and, and realize like, oh, I can go through this same process and then feel incredibly confident now in front of these two people? Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was the, the the starting point for that. And then, you know, and doing what I do, you know, playing with Carrie uh, and, you know, before that, it was Keith Urban and Kenny Loggins. And so so many people, they ask me, they're like, what do you guys do before a show? And, you know, first of all, how do you put a show like that together? But then also, what do you do before a show? So that's it's been such a common question throughout my whole career. But then once I started, you know, working with the real estate and then putting that two together, that's when the course idea came. And as I was floating around a couple of different entrepreneurs, they're like, oh, my gosh, I need this. This is this would be great, um, as well as some real estate agents, too. So that's where the, the B performance ready for the course came about. So, yeah, I'm excited to dig in it myself. I I can absolutely see where there's like there's things to your point earlier with with playing guitar. There's things that we just naturally do. But if we then do them with intention and we do them consistently, then we'll consistently get the the exact result that we're after and looking for. And so it's you kind of mitigate some of the gamble of, am I going to get this listing? How am I going to show up? Am I going to feel good the day of? You're, you kind of stack the cards in your favor. And I mean, at the end of the day, we just we talked about earlier, we're all entrepreneurs. And the whole point of this is to be able to deliver and serve for either the people coming to the show or for our clients. And it's the more of the things that we, that are in our control that we can control, the, the better, the better the whole experience will be for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, it's part of this is also, I've seen where certain ages, when you just talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, they're amazing. Then you put them in front of a client and, and they just kind of freeze and even their responses just seemed um, just kind of canned or just kind of just laid there. Just whereas before they were so engaging. So it was kind of seeing some of that. I'm like, what's the difference? And part of what we're talking about here, that is the difference is when you can be comfortable in your own skin, be present, be, you know, be in the moment. And my whole thing is after a day of showing, uh, showing houses and, and properties, if I'm not tired, then I didn't give enough. And because to be present, it's exhausting and to be in the moment. And so, you know, for me, it, I'm, I'm exhausted by the end of the day because, I, you know, I want to be that way because then that means that I really did give it a hundred percent. That is a really good point. Like from doing open houses, you are, I am, I'm always drained. Like afterwards, I'm like, I just, 
I want to sit in my car for an extra 15 minutes and just kind of regroup because to your point, like you are on, like you're firing every synapsis to, to really pay attention to what they're saying, how they're saying it. What did they say before? Like, why, how did they arrive there? And ultimately like, what do they need and how do I be, be that for them? And so you're right. Like you have to be on, especially in terms of the open houses, you've got to be able to treat the last person come through the open house as well as the first person in terms of, you know, your enthusiasm. And, you know, you, you've told them, you, you said how many bedrooms you've said that this is a, a four bedroom, three bath. It's got an extra bonus room. It's got this. You got to be able to say that with the same enthusiasm the last time as you did the first time. Once again, much like playing music. I mean, I've played these songs thousands of times, but I still have to play it as if, you know, it's, it's like brand new to me, you know, and it's, it's exciting to play. So it's, it's the same. Uh, once again, it's a very same dynamics with each other. It really is. It's, it is true. Like it, because if you've done open houses, you realize that most of the time there's probably five common questions and you have to act like it's a really great question and you're really interested in what they have to ask and say, and then you have to give them a really engaging response to you're there to sell it. Like you're there to, 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 to sell this vision, this thing. Yeah, it's, I agree. It's, it's tricky. And not only that, it's like you have, you have two back-to-back days, Saturday, Sunday, you have two, three hours that you're hanging out and you're literally saying the same thing over and over and over. And you have to be as a hundred percent as you were with that first question on Saturday as at closing time, actually you're staying an extra 15 minutes because this family just showed up and it's chaos. <laughs> the last <'cause> minute, <laughs> one minute before, right? <laughs> Never fails. And you're already thinking like about what you have to do after the open house and where you got to be. And you still have to be a hundred percent on point. Uh, so yeah, there, there, are, I can see the transferable skill there and it's not dissimilar for, for any entrepreneur, really. I mean, it's, you know, talking about the course or being on stage or doing the open houses or any, you know, those, those redundant mundane part of our real estate tasks, same enthusiasm and showing up in the same way just consistently. And I would say from having the honor and privilege of now sitting down with, actually, I think you're number 50 for this, for the podcast. Nice. 50. I'll have to double check, but yeah, I want to say you're number 50, which is super cool. (laughs) You obviously have this whole musical life happening. You have your family life. You're juggling that. What was it your, through your mom or what inspired you to I mean, where did this idea of, hey, I think I want to get into real estate even, where did that spawn from? Music is always what I wanted to do. But there was always that fleeting thought like, you know, I could do real estate too. Because I mean, I can't even tell you how many showings, you know, showing appointments I went on with my mom. And and you know, back then I was helping her with her signs. And, I was, and, and actually I was her... Uh, I was her cleanup guy too. So like any house that they needed to get the yard mode or stuff hauled off or whatever for her listings. I mean, that was my job. And, um, you know, of course, anytime I was mowing the yard, it wasn't, 
the grass just needs to be mowed. It's like it's knee high. So it was always a, a thing. But anyway, I was always with her learning about real estate and it, it was always fascinating to me. It's just that music, you know, that that's what I, I went to Belmont University. I got a degree in music business and then another one in marketing. And then uh, and then right after that, I was like literally on the road playing music with different artists. And, um, you know, that's what launched the whole career. So I always wanted to do real estate, but just never could really find the time in terms of doing um, music full time. Um, that was until uh, a lockdown happened in 2020. And then I all of a sudden had plenty of time. And I thought this is a fantastic time to to really dive into to real estate and, um, you know, did all the coursework and studied and passed the first time. And then, um, you know, I, Compass has a sports and entertainment division, which fit great with what I was doing because I'm already in sports or already in entertainment. And so um, that was my uh, end with with getting in with Compass. And uh, it, it's just been a great marriage with with that. And so uh, that was for me, you know, I've always done real estate, just not legally. <laughs> it's just always, you know, being with my mom and watching her do deals. And, um, I just thought this, this would be a lot of fun. And I'm based out of the, uh, Franklin or in Williamson County, which is in middle Tennessee, which real estate there is, is absolutely on fire. And, um, so it, it's a great time to get in. And, and, uh, you know, it's to me, I, it just made sense to do that. Which is funny because then a lot of people say real estate. Why would you want to do real estate? I know like a mi- there's like a million real estate agents in Middle Tennessee. I said you're so right. You know how many guitar players there are in Nashville, and I still came to Nashville to be a guitarist. And you know, as an entrepreneur, um, we we think different. I, I honestly think our brains are just wired differently. You know, because you know, when coming to town, you know, people say you know the the, the chances of you getting with a major artist are 0.0000001%. And, you know, most people go, okay, well, I guess I won't do that. But as an op- entrepreneur, I'm thinking, oh, so you're saying there's a chance. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the way I think. I'm like, hey, if there's a chance, then I'm going to get in there and let's do this. And for me with real estate, it's the same thing. It's like, hey, there's a million realtors. I'm like, great. That means that there's uh, there's opportunity, and I'm I'm here for that. That's so funny. I I do, and, and maybe this is from my entrepreneurial brain as well, or it's from it's conditioned from doing sales. I don't hear no the same. <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> I hear it as well. Now I'm one step closer to finding the yes, and it's like it's. It doesn't feel the same. Sure, there's definitely deals where you get the no and it, it doesn't feel as good. Uh, but most of the time, it's like you just you just chalk it up as I have to talk to 100 people. And then of those, I'm probably going to get maybe two to three deals out of it. And so I hear a no and I'm like, all right, great. I have 98, whatever, 97, 96, 80, 52 more to go. And it's not as stingy. It's like you just you just go because to your point, it's like, I, I just need to go find that 0.0001% one time. Like I can handle a ton of no's, but I just, if I get that hit once, the whole thing cracks open. One thing with that, I, I always heard and I, I live by this is that you're one person away from changing your whole business. 
And I believe that that's so true. There's so many times where like that one person there and sometimes they're like, you know, I'm, I'm not in the market for a house, but you need to talk with so and so. And it's, it's opened up so many doors just, you know, having that mindset. So I'm always looking for that next one person that's going to change my business. You're basically 2000 calls away from being a seven figure agent. And, and those calls can be open houses. They could be networking, whatever it is, but you're 2000 away from seven figures. And so when you look at those odds, you're like, Oh, I'll just, I'm just going to go for it. And so obviously having this huge, vast music and obviously a lot of depth and, and being connected to a ton of musicians, have you, since getting into real estate, really been able to lean into your referral or lean into your network for those referral opportunities? Absolutely. And one thing that, that I've seen a huge benefit is when I work with someone in the industry, um, especially artists, uh, you know, artists and songwriters, more on the creative side. Um, I know their needs about what they're looking for with a house. Um, I, I was working with one, he was actually a comedian and he, uh, he wanted a room in the house that he didn't want any furniture in. He goes, I know this sounds crazy, but he goes, I just want to put a chair in this room. And this room needs to be kind of away from everything else in the house. And he goes, cause I just need like a quiet space and no other distractions. And I'm like, I totally get it. I, I totally get it because, you know, I, I like to meditate and sit in silence for, for long periods of time and just think about things and, and, think about possibilities and, and solutions to certain challenges that are going on where there's no TV, there's no, there's nothing else in the room. And so it's things like that. Um, as well as I had an artist and she was looking for a, uh, a practice room as part of her house. And so, you know, so we were looking, you know, so there's certain elements like that. And then when it comes down to more of the business, um, oftentimes if, if the artist is big, you know, a, a bigger artist where I'm actually not working so much with the artist, but more with the business manager or the manager, uh, the artist manager itself. And so, you know, being in this business, I understand the complexities and the delicacy part of that and, and where I know what to talk to the artists about. And I know what to talk to the business manager and the, the, the manager itself. Um, because that it's vastly different uh, because talking, talking finances with the artists. I mean, a lot of times they're like, I don't know. You need to talk to my business manager. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, so a lot of times it's, it's about finding that, um, just, just knowing what to, to talk about with each of the, the, the parties in that. Totally makes sense. And there's to your point earlier is everybody has different needs and being able to either intuitively know it or listen for what they actually need in that moment and how to navigate them through and around it. And I'm sure it takes a little coaching as well of if you're going to, if they're, if that party's interested in buying, then you're, you're, you're going to show listings. And I'm sure there's some sensitivity around coaching the listing agent as to how to navigate if they're not familiar with navigating with, with that type of status person. Absolutely. And, and for me, um, when that happens, a lot of times I sometimes almost feel like a manager to my client if they're an artist, you know, because I'm very protective, um, in terms of making sure there's no overlapping, um, appointments 
and which has happened before. So I go in literally and I just the you know, they're, they're running over from the, the third time slot. And I'm just like, we need to move it along. And, and I wait until they're completely gone. Then I'll go get my, my client, um, out of the car and, and walk them in. So it, it is a different, a little bit different mindset with that. Um, just being more protective of them. Um, because th- they don't want to show up and all of a sudden someone like fanboying over them or fangirling over, you know, the artists because they're there to look for their house, their, their sanctuary. And, and they don't want, you know, someone interrupting that. Or half of the brokerage showing up to, to showcase <laughs> right. the home as they're walking in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can see that. Like you intuitively have a layer of protection for them because you already know what that experience, what that's like of, of, of having a, a almost a tarnished experience of trying to find your sanctuary, but now it's already blown out because the people around it weren't protecting it properly. Right. And that's part of my job is, is to make the, the, the house hunting and the, the, you know, showing property as great of an experience as possible for, for my clients, you know, whether it's an artist or not. I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. I like to keep it light. I like to keep it fun and, you know, make jokes or, you know, sometimes help them visualize kind of some of the, especially if it's an empty house, I like to, you know, kind of help show them because sometimes people can't see a vision of the house in, in terms of what they can do with it. Um, same thing with the backyard. You're like, Oh my gosh, look at this huge backyard. Look, you could step sw- a swing set over there or, you know, do a little go-kart track or whatever, you know? So, I mean, it's to help them kind of visualize what they can see, but I want that experience to be fun for them. Um, and, and, and I try to be as engaging as I can, but still kind of step back and let them explore as much as they can on their own and, and just be a support system for them. There's definitely a level of you got to read the room. You got to figure out what, what the, again, like what do they need? They may not be telling you and they may even be playing along with you, but do they actually need that space? I mean, we all know, regardless of celebrity status or not, some people are more internal and they don't want a lot of input. They don't want you to keep talking. They want to think about stuff. And so you have to give them that quiet space to do so. Whereas other people, they do want you to narrate and they do want you to, to share that input, but you have to kind of, you really have to, to your point earlier, you have to be, you have to show up a hundred percent. You really have to be present and you have to observe what it is that they, they need from you in that moment for that experience. And that's a tricky, uh, that's the art of being a professional right there. Yeah. 100%. That is really cool. I'd love how you've been able to parlay these and marry these different worlds, which from somebody sitting on the outside looking and they're vastly different, but they actually all fit together amazingly well. And it's really cool to, to have the opportunity to, to chat with you and, and kind of see exactly where these pieces overlap. Um, we are, unfortunately we're at time. I've, I've genuinely enjoyed this conversation. And again, I appreciate your time. I know you're, you're spread pretty thin with all these projects and, and family and your two kiddos at home. So um, thank you for, for hanging out with us. Uh, what I'm going to do is in the show notes, if anybody's interested in 
finding your program. We'll link it. They can totally check it out. I know there's a free download, um, which is really cool. So there's no, no cost associated with it. You can check it out. And then um, what's the best way otherwise for people to, to kind of peek in on your world? Is it Instagram or what social media is your go-to? Instagram is where I normally hang out. And uh, so at Chad Jeffers and, uh, and yeah, sign up for my newsletter uh, that will actually not really be a newsletter. It's just more about um, talking about be performance ready. And, and uh, so it, it's not like your stock newsletter that you'd get. We have a lot of fun with it. And uh, so, yeah, go to uh, chadjeffers.com slash cheat sheet, which is uh, the, the download that you're talking about. And, uh, and so, yeah, let's, we can hang out there. Awesome. Thank you again. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me.